Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez gives one of the worst interviews in the history of interviews. Mitt Romney and other establishment Republicans blast the RNC's center of Liz Cheney. Plus, Democrat Stacey Abrams poses maskless with a group of masked children. All that and more. I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour. And God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Monday. I hope you had a great weekend. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez because she sat down for an interview recently with Yahoo Finance, and it was one of the most eye-opening interviews I've ever seen. First, the host came across as the president of the AOC fan club with one easy question after another, such as, AOC, how does your massive social influencer status help you in Congress? That was a real question. It was a useless question, but it was only part of it. Nothing that AOC said was ever challenged with a probing follow-up, not once. It was just issue after issue of giving AOC a platform to present nonsense. Here's AOC on the issue of student loans. And keep in mind that these are loans, contracts entered into by a student and a lender. Well, I cannot understate the danger and the risk economically, politically, and, and just where we are right now as a country of allowing the moratorium on student loan payments to lapse in May. If we just allow a, a full just continuation of student loan payments, uh, we are talking about a catastrophic development for millions, the over almost 50 million student loan borrowers in this country. First of all, AOC starts out by saying she can't understate this enough when she means overstate. And that kind of thing happens a lot. Then she says that if students are forced to repay loans, the result will be catastrophic. What is she talking about? No one forces people to take out loans. And if you do take out a loan, it's your responsibility to pay it back. Now I have the taxpayer pick up the bill. Here's more from AOC. To then restart payments that are essentially the size of a mortgage payment, sometimes even larger, on a generation that was already so devastated, not just by this, but the recession, et cetera, I believe it could very, it, it could throw out of balance already what is a very fragile recovery. And um, not only that, but this forgiveness is on, I mean, forgiveness is, is the just thing to do, it's the right thing to do. Why the president hasn't done it yet, I'm not sure. Didn't Joe Biden and Jen Psaki say the economy is roaring along, best growth ever in hyperbole like that? But when talking about student loan debt, now suddenly the economy and recovery are very fragile. And it's neither moral nor just to tell people that they do not have to take responsibility for their actions. The other people will pick up those payments. That's actually the epitome of injustice. AOC was asked about the federal takeover of elections that the Democrats tried to pass by calling it a voting rights bill. Here's what she said. I very much believe that we are at the precipice of a return to Jim Crow style laws across the country. We're already seeing these wheels in motion, attempts in Texas and Georgia and across, uh, you know, across many different states, attempts at voter suppression. Unreal. Neither her statement on a return to Jim Crow laws or her statement on voter suppression was challenged by the host. 
No one's voting rights are being taken away. No votes are being suppressed. But Democrats like AOC will spin this as a racial issue because, hey, everything's about race, right? But then there was AOC's comments on capitalism, the economic system that has raised more people out of poverty and provided more opportunity than any other system in the history of the world. However, according to AOC, the system is irredeemable. I'll get to her comments, but first is the question from the host. You self-identify as a democratic socialist and have called capitalism irredeemable, I believe. But what does that really mean? And does that mean capitalism should be eliminated? And are your views compatible with capitalism? He acknowledges that she calls capitalism irredeemable, but then asks if her views are compatible with capitalism. What? Of course her views aren't compatible, but then again, she doesn't even know what capitalism is. Here's AOC. When you toss out these big words, capitalism, socialism, they get uh, you know, sensationalized and people translate them into meaning things that perhaps they don't mean. So to me, capitalism at its core, what we're, what we're talking about when we talk about that is the absolute pursuit of profit at all human, environmental, and social cost. That is what we're really discussing. This is just a crack up. She warns that people take these big words and translate them into things that they don't mean. And then she goes on to define capitalism, you know, one of those big words, as something that it doesn't mean. You can't make this stuff up. Capitalism is not to hell with the environment, social justice, and humanity. It's about private ownership of the means of production. But she wasn't done there. She went on to blast big corporations never mentioning the drive, determination, focus, risk-taking, perseverance, and fulfillment that arises from starting a business and building it up from nothing. AOC didn't mention that at all. However, she did talk about other issues as well as such as Biden's Supreme Court pick and added her unique insight to that issue too. All in all, this interview was AOC being AOC. All right, next let's talk about Mitt Romney and the RNC, but first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search out my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Next, we're going to talk about Mitt Romney and some other establishment Republicans who are up in arms over the Republican National Committee's vote to censure Representatives Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney. On Friday, a censure resolution was put before the RNC and it included language to immediately cease any and all support of those members from the Republican Party for their behavior. The resolution passed, and then out came Republicans like Romney, Chris Christie, and Lisa Murkowski to denounce the move. Romney took to Twitter and posted this. Shame falls on a party that would censure persons of conscience who seek truth in the face of vitriol. Honor attaches to Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger for seeking truth even when doing so comes at great personal cost. Romney wasn't alone. Biden supporting never Trumper Bill Kristol replied to Romney with this tweet. No discussion, no debate, no recorded vote. It's not a political party. It's a herd of sheep. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie appeared on ABC News over the weekend and blasted the RNC's move. Most of those folks were put into place at the RNC over the course of the four years by Donald Trump, Mr. Christie said on ABC's This Week. 
Certainly, Rona Romney McDaniel is carrying water for Donald Trump in this regard. Mr. Christie said Friday's move is muddying the party's message and pulling attention away from President Biden and the failures of the Democrats. All anybody is talking about this weekend is this resolution, rather than talking about the failures of the Biden administration, Mr. Christie said. Actually, most people are still talking about Biden and his complete failure to do anything to help the country. As I've stated many times, Liz Cheney's personal beef with former President Trump is not the problem. The problem is that this anti-Trump sentiment has completely consumed her and Kinzinger to the point that they can't do their jobs and represent the Republican Party. That is why Cheney lost her leadership position. Republican Senator Lisa Murkowski was on CNN this weekend. She said this. So when there is a conflict, when the, when the party is... Is, is, is taking an approach or saying things that I think are just absolutely wrong. I think it's my, my responsibility as, as an Alaskan senator speaking out for Alaskans to, to just speak the truth. So that's some of the reaction to the RNC's vote. And my thought is, if Mitt Romney is upset, the RNC must be doing something right. All right, next let's talk about Democrat Stacey Abrams. Remember her? She lost her governor's race by about some 50,000 votes, but didn't concede, casting doubt on the integrity of the election. Funny how it's okay for her to do that, but not okay for Republicans. But I digress. Well, Abrams is back in the news because of typical left-wing elitism and hypocrisy. This past week, Abrams was at an elementary school in Decatur, Georgia, and posed for a group picture with the children. Here's the picture which she had posted on her Twitter account but has since deleted. Notice that all these poor children are forced to wear masks, despite the actual real science. And Abrams is mask-free. In fact, everyone else in the room has a mask on. Other pictures from her original tweet show that she wasn't maskless for just the group picture. She's maskless everywhere. And it just reinforces what we have seen over and over again, that elitist Democrats want to impose all these restrictions on people, including children, but they think that they actually don't have to follow the mandates because if they do, it's beneath their liberal stature. It's just pathetic. Well, the reaction has been intense and accurate. Here's a tweet from Stephen Miller. In so many ways, this picture embodies the elitism, arrogance, cruelty, science denial, and glib authoritarianism of Joe Biden's Democrat Party. Journalist Glenn Greenwald echoed a similar sentiment with this. Meanwhile, since Stacey Abrams is a very sophisticated and important liberal, I'm sure there's something in the science that justifies her being maskless indoors, surrounded by young kids forced to wear masks all day. Maybe she's holding her breath. Here's the deal. The reaction was right on the money. These pictures will be great to use against her as she runs for Georgia governor again. But what's just as bad as the pictures is the Abrams follow-up her response to the criticism. Rather than addressing the obvious issue and hypocrisy, Abrams tries to make it about, any ideas? You got it, race. Abrams pulled out the race card, saying that critics are piling on her just because she was trying to do something for Black History Month. Are you kidding me? Here's more. The Abrams campaign pushed back against critics of Abrams' maskless photo in a statement to Fox News saying, it is shameful that our opponents 
are using a Black History Month reading event for Georgia children as the impetus for a false political attack. And it is pitiful and predictable that our opponents continue to look for opportunities to distract from their failed records when it comes to protecting public health during the pandemic. A false political attack. There's no actual attacking necessary. All we have to do is post the pictures. Abrams' actions speak for themselves. And by the way, here's a picture of Democrat Rep. Jamal Bowman at a New York high school recently. It's just crazy. Rules for thee, but not for me. And if you complain, then you're a nasty old racist. All right, next is conservatives fight back to reclaim school boards in order to return control back to parents and to focus on education rather than indoctrination. The entrenched left-wing network is not going without a fight. In the Denver area, a school district organized a sick out last week to protest conservative control over the school board. Here's the story. The protest forced Douglas County School District to cancel classes on Thursday last week while the teachers organized a protest outside the district headquarters. The newly installed conservative majority had wasted no time implementing a slew of policy changes, including eliminating the district's mask mandate, drawing the ire of teachers, the Colorado Gazette reported. The board had also moved to remove the district's longtime superintendent and overhaul the policy on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Imagine that, doing away with unscientific mask mandates, eliminating critical race theory, and cleaning up libraries. These are some of the things parents want, and liberal school boards and teachers have been fighting against them. Now, parents have voted for new conservative school board members, and the teachers react by not showing up. Here's more. The three liberal members on the seven-member school board alleged three conservative members met in secret to inform Superintendent Corey Wise he had to resign or be fired in violation of state open meeting laws. Wise was fired Friday. Kevin DePascal, the president of the Douglas County Federation, a chapter of the American Federation of Teachers, said the protest was a difficult decision but was done to take a stand against actions that are harmful to students and staff. Actions that are harmful to students? What about keeping kids in masks all day long? What about teaching critical race theory, which sends kids home thinking that they are oppressed or that they are oppressors? Kudos to this school board. If liberals are freaking out, things may be moving in the right direction. All right, friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, Hit that subscribe button. Make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our next show is going to be Wednesday evening at the usual time, 6.30 p.m. Central. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.